What's up, Bengals fans? Anthony Gazenta here with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. That's the name of this show. And happy to be with all of you as we are getting geared up for the Bengals in the Super Bowl against the LA Rams. The Rams have the benefit of being in their home stadium, in their home city, but that's okay. That's okay. There's a long extended period of rest. So jet lag and all kinds of different things that affect away teams that have to travel should not be affecting the Bengals all that much. Happy to be with all of you talking Bengals, talking NFL headlines and all kinds of different stuff as we continue to bring you all kinds of different coverage on this program, as well as on cincyjungle.com. You got to keep it there for all your news, opinions, analysis, etc. And you got to keep it to the podcast channel. If you're if you like the audio side of things, you got to keep it to the podcast channel from Cincy Jungle, which includes this show, Orange is the New Black from Ace and Zim, and of course, Coach Speak and Chalk Talk from the coach, Matt Minnick. If you're new here, if you like the video, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. Give us a thumbs up if you like what we're doing and spread the word if you would, especially these next couple of weeks. If you've got some Bengals fans wanting to eat up all kinds of content and they're not familiar with our show, our podcast channel, you got to let them know. All right, shameless plug of our stuff aside. Also want to give a shout out to Ian Ryder of Holy Coast Band who had that nice little guitar riff as we're opening up the Happening Headline show. Go support that band, local Ohio musician, and you can find their stuff on Bandcamp. So go support them how you can as well. All their stuff's there. Cool. Uh, well, what's up everybody? We've got, this is one of these weird shows that because, I mean, there's stuff to talk about with the Bengals, obviously, and there's going to be more and more to come throughout the next handful of days, but the, the slew of coverage, the slew of Bengals news, et cetera, is going to come kind of more late this week, beginning of next and we are working on being a part of that as being either virtually or in person, a part of uh, radio row and media interviews and whatnot with the Super Bowl. We're ironing out logistics, not only from this show, but also Cincy Jungle. So we'll be sure to let you know what goes on there. Uh, excited about some possibilities that we have coming there, but we will for sure let you know. But hey, this is one of those weird weeks where there's some Bengals news. There's there's a bit, obviously, of Bengals news and quotes and all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of other stuff going on around the league as well. So we want to cover that. We want to talk about that. And we will do that. Um, all right, let's 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 get it started. Where do we want to start? Let's start with Ari Myrov, a tweet from him showing the ratings of the championship game in a lot of people were watching these games, folks. A lot of people were tuned in. Here you go. Bengals Chiefs, 47.85 million viewers. Peaked at 60.9 million viewers. Most watched early window championship games since 2016. And more watched in terms of peak viewership. More watched than the 49ers Rams, which was that peaked at 55.21 million. 50.42 million, though, on average uh, across the board for the 49ers Rams. A huge weekend for the NFL and a huge, huge playoff bracket for the NFL. I was talking with someone today that, you know, I think what's there been? Uh, 12 games at this point, 12 playoff games. Nine of them have been 
incredibly close overtime, come from behind, last second field goal type of games. Two or three of them were kind of dogs. Um, but I mean, for the most part, this playoff bracket, and I know it's especially exciting from the Bengals side of things, this playoff bracket has been awesome. Awesome, awesome. So uh, this the, can't ask for much more, especially if you're a Bengals fan. Can't ask for much more, though, in terms of an NFL fan for what what we've been seeing over these past couple of days. Sir, so, past couple of weeks, rather. All right. Some chatter between the Chiefs and the Bengals. And there's kind of some... Some of the Chiefs players are a little salty about the loss and still calling themselves the better team. Others, and I know we've made comments about this guy's brother. I know we've made comments about his family's social media presence, but all signs point to Patrick Mahomes being a pretty good dude, aside from being an outstanding football player, good sport, and a guy that really, really kind of gives it gives it all. One of the great poster children of the NFL and great, great, really spearheading the great class of quarterback, young quarterbacks that are going to now take over the league. You're going to hear more about that in a second. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, this is on CincyJungle.com. Patrick Mahomes tells Joe Burrow to, quote, go in it all. Um, so he is kind of taking the loss, a, a really tough loss. If you're a Chiefs fan and Chiefs player, a tough loss, but he is taking it uh, about as well as I guess you can you can tell him. Go win it all. And there's a clip on the NFL Twitter account that, that tells him to do it, but they they embraced at the end of the game and uh, very, very, very cool moment. And Mahomes won it all in 2019 with the Chiefs, the same year Burrow won the national championship versus the Clemson Tigers while still with LSU. Additional tidbit of information. I kind of tweeted it back out or retweeted it back out. There has been no quarterback. I, I probably got to confirm this before I throw this out there. But basically, no number one pick, no no quarterback has won the national championship, the Heisman Trophy, and a Super Bowl. Uh, so Joe Burrow's got a lot on the line there. Um, and there may be some caveats to that, whether that's in, in the first two seasons or number one overall pick, et cetera. But, I mean, it's just a rare thing is my point, ladies and gentlemen. It is a rare, rare thing that even though you have a national championship, even though you have a Heisman Trophy, you may not get that Super Bowl, or you may not get that Heisman, but you get the other two. So Joe Burrow can set some records there on that. But cool moment between Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, the Bengals beating the Chiefs twice in a matter of a month and twice in this season. So really, really cool moment there. All right, so former Bengals players, we talked a little bit about this on our brief view of the the, the Bengals matchup in the Super Bowl here. And we I, I kind of asked the question, I wonder what some of these guys are truly thinking about. Like, man, we had so many different opportunities under Andy, under A.J. McCarron, under Marvin Lewis. We had all these opportunities and injuries and our own stumbles and everything just got in our way here. And now you see this new Bengals team with their young head coach and their star quarterback, et cetera. And you go, wow, have we just, you know, what do we miss out on here potentially? But Hoosh, by the way, Hushman Zada picked the Bengals on Colin Cowherd. Um, he's, he's been picking the Bengals all over the place against the chiefs was not a, uh, particularly popular 
<laughs> pick here, Willie Anderson for the fans. Huday, Damata Pico, one of the guys who has been on a lot of those playoff teams. Um, saying congratulations to the Bengals. Some uh, some Chad Johnson colorful language there. We'll just say it that way. We'll keep on scrolling. Ray Maoluga saying Huday. Billy Price, happy for my guys. And Cincy, Gio Bernard, um, really happy there. Of course, Pac-Man. And I, I we met, my myself, my brother, and my nephew met Pac-Man, and we chatted with him for quite a while at Jeff Ruby's in week one. And that dude still loves the Bengals, loves the city of Cincinnati, and just continues to be a guy that bangs the drum for the Bengals. So uh, cool to see that. You, you got Shane Graham chiming in. And, of course, he's chiming in because he's had a hand in the old Evan McPherson uh Rise to superstardom for a kicker. Uh, Joe Hio from Boomer Assize. And so cool, cool stuff. All the reactions here. I'll, I'll put this link in the live chats for everybody to on Cincy Jungle. We've kind of compiled a list of all the tweets and cool comments there. So ch- check it out there. Yeah, I see someone. Um, who was it? Steady. Scrolling here. I missed who that was. But uh, oh, steady. Steady dropping them. Um says I love the Chad Johnson one. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I would repeat it, but I, I hopefully if you watch the video, you could see it. Or if you follow him on Twitter, you can see what he said there and you get the gist. But he's pretty dang excited is old Chad Ochocinco slash Johnson. All right. Some good news, some surprising good news as it goes with the injury front. And we're going to hear a lot more about this, obviously, as the teams gather and practice and get closer to the game here. It looked like CJ Uzama's season was over. And the Bengals, I know the Bengals were going to miss him on offense, but the fans and that locker room, you just were gutted for the guy. He was carted off the field. I thought it was an ankle injury at first, just the way he was kind of, uh, you know, being tender with it. Uh, turns out it was a knee injury, but it looked when he was crying. It, we we kind of thought, okay, torn knee, man. You know, fran- free agent year coming up here. Um, he has avoided a major injury. This is on CincyJungle.com, courtesy of Marissa Contepelli and other outlets. <laughs> Zach Taylor says TJ uh, tight end CJ Uzama's knee injury is quote encouraging so far. Looks like an MCL sprain. Doesn't know more at this point. Um, You know, some of CJ Uzama's tweets have been saying something to the effect of I'll be back and I'm going to come back. I'm going to play and all this kind of stuff. So that is a major storyline to watch, not only from a leadership standpoint, but a production standpoint. He's been great on third down. He's been a good red zone target a guy that is is just a reliable guy, a likable guy. And that's one of those guys you really want to see win a ring with the Cincinnati Bengals. You really want to see him win a ring and what he has meant to this team this year. You gotta, you gotta hope he comes back, even if it's on a, a snap count, a limited basis, if he can get in there on a few down, a few third downs, if he can help on some of the blocking situations, et cetera, chip blocks, that'll help. That'll help. So uh, hopefully he can come back for a lot of different reasons here. Now, a lot of talk about, I, I mentioned there are some Chiefs players who are saying, you know, we still think we're the best team in the league. We just lost, et cetera, et cetera. 
I'm not going to call those people out specifically, but there are some quotes out there. And there is a there is an article on CincyJungle.com that says Joe Burrow speaks the truth. And that is from Nathan Begley. I will pin this in the live chats as well. But, quote, we beat, in my opinion, the second best team in the AFC twice in January is what Joe Burrow had to say about this and he is not wrong take a look at you know this was one of the things i i looked at after this win Bengals beat the chiefs twice the steelers twice the steelers made the postseason beat the ravens twice the ravens almost made the postseason they beat the raiders twice raiders made the postseason they beat uh the tennessee titans right um they beat a lot of high quality teams throughout this season so i Folks that are sitting here saying this team shouldn't be here, they lucked their way into this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They gutted their way through a lot of good teams and showed a lot of fortitude in the ways that they won those games. And when you beat the AFC favorite in the Kansas City Chiefs twice on each field, each team's field, there's I, I still don't understand why there's so much doubt, but... In a way, I want the doubt because that's what's fueling this team. And the line in this game is coming up here, the Super Bowl, that is showing that the Bengals aren't getting the respect again in this one for a variety of reasons. So, you know, you can see here, it says it right here, 4.5 are the odds um, in some books. I've seen mostly three and a half, upwards of four, sometimes four and a half. So, at any rate, Joe Burrow, again, the quote, we beat who we believe is the second, in my opinion, the second best team in the AFC twice in January. Mic drop. Boom. Done. Bye. So let's keep rolling to some Zach Taylor stuff. Zach Taylor, the guy uh, from the Rams who came in here and rebuilt this thing, Heather Como. What's going on? Hello from Arizona. I like me some Arizona. I've got family in Arizona. Great place. Happy to have you with us. Appreciate it. At any rate, Zach Taylor goes back a few weeks, goes back to early in the season, points to a specific win and says that is a turning point in this season. And no, it's not the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, it's not the Baltimore Ravens. It is the win over the Jaguars of all teams that Zach Taylor points to in terms of it being a catalyst for this team being propelled to the Super Bowl. Here you go right here. I will pin that on cincyjungle.com. I will pin the link in the live chats. He told reporters after completing the historic 18-point comeback, quote, that happened against Jacksonville. We were down by two scores. They went for it. Our defense got a stop going into halftime on the goal line and prevented a three-score lead. We've got that stuff in our memory bank. So when our defense makes that play and we're down 11, just like we were four weeks ago against the Chiefs, 11 going into halftime, we knew that we were going to be able to go win that game what a what an odd I mean it's great the way it worked out for the Bengals but what an odd sequence and so many odd similarities and so many odd storylines in this game 
in the way it played out. You talked about all the, the three different things that basically that Zach talked about here in terms of the defense holding the opposing offense right before the half on a defensive stand at the goal line. Big deal, right? Then you're down 11. Same thing that happened against the Chiefs. You're down 11 at halftime. It's it's and then of course there's the whole 13 second thing where the Chiefs came back to send it to overtime in 13 seconds against the Bills, and 13 seconds into overtime against the Bengals, Patrick Mahomes throws a critical interception that gives the Bengals good field position to set up the winning kick and win it. Just a lot of just like wow. And this is the this is I, I was kind of being maybe a little exaggeratory last week with John, and maybe I was being a little you know romanticizing this thing and the season and all that kind of stuff. This is the kind of stuff when you go back. <laughs> if you're writing movie scripts, if you're writing thirty for thirties and all this kind of stuff, this this is the type of stuff. The turnaround from a four win team to this team that's going to the Super Bowl right now. These are the type of things where you go, how did this happen? How did it happen? And in truth, it has been brewing for quite some time. And you can go back and you can look at some of those gut-wrenching losses last year. You can look at the progress that was being made before Joe Burrow got injured last year. And you can say the signs were there. And now you're just seeing the fruits of the labor. Maybe it's a year or two years before a lot of people thought that they would be there. Myself included. But... That's that's what you're seeing here. So interesting parallel with the Jaguars game. Interesting parallel between the first two Chiefs games. Um, uh, you know, Zach pointing that out there. Did I did I pin this in here? I think I did. Um, let's see. Yeah, I did pin the Zach Taylor deal. So at any rate, cool stuff. And this is also. That's the kind of mindset. If you've if you've seen, I know many of you maybe don't pay close close attention to the Rams until now. But if you've listened to Sean McVay, if you know about Sean McVay, it's that memory recall. It's almost that photographic memory type of stuff. It's that hey, remember this specific situation and calling back, hearkening back to specific things to his team, and then being able to go, oh yeah, and rally around their coach, rally around what they're trying to do and go far into the postseason and Zach Taylor working under McVay. That's, that's something he is employing with the Bengals. It would seem if you were to believe kind of that quote and how the Bengals responded to it. So at any rate, let's keep rolling the chiefs. We're going to talk a little bit more about the chiefs thing. And then we're going to start transitioning into super bowl week. Obviously a ton of stuff ahead coming up. Tyron Matthew. Uh, he, I'm not going to accuse anybody, but he may or may or not been one of those players that was a little salty and thought that they should have won and whatever. And I understand that they have a very good football team, very good football team. However, regardless of all of that, he has high praise for Joe Burrow. And this is from, we, we don't really, we should probably quote these guys a little bit more because they do great work over at Stripe Pipe. Um, Tyron Matthew has high praise for quarterback Joe Burrow and what he said here, quote, I think he is a smart quarterback. He is not geared to run around. He is not geared to get 60 or 70 rushing yards a game. I think he is a smart player, a smart quarterback within certain schemes and certain coverages. There's a window for the quarterback to run the ball in. And of course that is pointing to the timely 
critical gutsy runs by Joe Burrow wherein he escaped pressure. Had two hits on him on one play by Chris Jones. Got out of the grasp twice and extended it for a huge first down conversion. Uh, Quote, hats off to him. Obviously, this kid studies a lot of tape. He has the instincts to go with it as well. And he made a couple of third down scrambles that lifted their team. So go read that entire article, uh, relaying some quotes from Tyron Matthew over at Stripe Hype. Um, oddly enough, you would think he'd maybe be a little bit more effusive with, I don't know, that just seems like, oh, he's good, he's good. But I, I wasn't there. I didn't hear the audio clip. Um, you'd think there'd be a little bit more effusive praise there from Tyron Matthew because of the LSU connection, but that not the case, not the case, but he still thinks Joe Burrow's pretty dang good. Pretty dang good. Rolling on. This is, <laughs> this is hilarious, but honestly, um, and I know a lot of people clamor for the Super Bowl, the day after the Super Bowl to be a holiday well, in Cincinnati, it pretty much is going to be. Um, Cincinnati schools are closing Monday after the Super Bowl. They are relishing this this big game. And I don't know if that's an expectation of, hey, they're winning this thing. I don't know. But schools are going to be closed. Uh, you know, obviously jobs and whatnot. That's that that's different. But uh, this is on CincyJungle.com. The schools are going to be closed in Cincinnati in hopes that everybody's going to be celebrating. So (laughs) uh, I just find this to be really funny. The entire article is on cincyjungle.com. Now, part of the reason that goes into this, or maybe it's vice versa. Maybe this is one of those things that is happening um, because of the school closure and because of the rabid fandom of Bengals folks right now. This is from Genesis Neros. Um, who is a reporter in the Cincinnati area on Local 12. And look at this happening now. We're at the Hamilton County Commissioner Staff Meeting where discussion will soon take place about having a Super Bowl watch party at Paul Brown Stadium. And there's a lot of updates here. I didn't see how this quite played out here. You can read the article. Um, Here's an update here. Hamilton County Administrator Jeff Aluodo says he's been in touch with numerous partners with the city of Cincinnati. Bengals 3CD3 says he's happy to report all partners and others have been extremely cooperative with the idea. Um, Talking about staffing, security, et cetera. Maybe a watch party play at Paul Brown Stadium. What that may or may not look like is TBD, but that would be very cool. And a really cool alternative for not only local folks, but Bengals fans that can't afford these tickets that are thousands and thousands of dollars a pop for nosebleeds in LA. And that's on top of potential airfare, hotel, et cetera. So perhaps a more affordable option and maybe even a preferred option to hang out with Bengals fans for a lot of people, go out to Cincinnati, whether you're local, fly out there, hang out in the stadium, Watch it on the Jumbotron. They'll probably have it all on different TVs throughout the stadium. They'll be serving food and drinks and all kinds of different stuff. You're not going to get the concert, live concert, but, hey, you're going to get kind of a cool experience, it seems like. We'll see. Stay tuned for official announcements. But um, really, really cool 
going uh, here. Yeah, I did see uh, there was a, there was someone there that had a Chiefs jersey on the desk. I, I almost wonder if that was maybe a lost bet thing, or you know what what happened what what happened with that there uh, that they had to put a Chiefs jersey out there to maybe get laughed at. I don't know. Who knows? It's all in good fun. It's just football, right? So. Check that out. We'll we'll keep you updated on Cincy Jungle for sure if there is a a watch party party. So that would be really uh, you know another really cool alternative for Bengals fans to be able to do that. And hey, that's that's sixty five k. You know what sixty eight thousand something like that at Paul Brown Stadium to be able to squeeze all those people in there. So potentially potentially cool alternative. Uh, let's keep rolling on here, and we will do so with the AFC North news. Um, so we're going to get, obviously there's going to be a ton more Bengals news coming in the next few days. Things are quieting a little bit. It's more kind of reactions. And by the way, some of the NFL stuff I've got at the end, it's going to include the Bengals, the draft, the all kinds of different stuff. So we're not done with Bengals stuff totally, but there's, there's a lot of different things going on. And obviously news is going to ramp up throughout the next couple of days and into next week as guys arrive in, in LA and whatnot. So here we go. Cleveland Browns. Uh, this was a guy I think a lot of people were excited about in terms of being an ancillary weapon for the Browns. And he was not really much of an impactful player as a rookie, but Anthony Schwartz working to be bigger playmaker and even faster in year two, a guy who was coveted for his, for his speed. Um, he was a third round pick, did some kickoff return stuff, um, took a hit to the helmet. And so um, he, he kind of just was making making a little bit of progress in terms of on-field production, et cetera, over the past few weeks. But, quote, those few games before I got the concussion where everything was officially clicking for me, he said on 92.3 The Fan, I felt like I was in a groove the game started to come to me faster, and that when it was when I was like, okay, this is what I do. Um, he finished the season with 10 catches for 135 yards and one touchdown. Um, only 21 years old, but he thinks he's got some big growth to do and will do it in year two coming up here. A Really a critical year for the Browns because they had high, high expectations for their season. Really a lot of folks thought that they would be where the Bengals are right now. And injuries, underachievement, other things got in the way of that. So they need to make some progress, do the Browns, with the talent that they have on that roster. It's a big year for Stefanski. It's a big year for Baker. It's a big year for Schwartz, as you just saw. Uh, they got to start having things come together. And now the pressure is really ratcheted up for the rest of the teams in the AFC North because of what the Bengals were able to do in Joe Burrow's second year. Not, not even two full years of starting experience. I mean, I guess we're getting close now with the postseason wins, but not even two full seasons as an NFL starter. And here he is in the Super Bowl. So pressure's on the AFC North, 100%, 100%. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. We're going to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. A little bit of some news here. Let me pull this up. They are searching for a new GM. So oddly enough, with how competitive the Steelers were, yeah, they forgot their issues, and how competitive the Ravens were, they are making a lot of changes in their staff. Um, so, and this is by Jeff Hartman on our counterparts in the SB Nation network behind the steel curtain. I will pin this for everybody in the uh, the live chat here. The Pittsburgh Steelers are entering an offseason where they are expecting more turnover than usual. Just look at the changes which will take place. New defensive coordinator, new outside linebackers coach, new offensive line coach, new quarterback, several key free agents, and a new general manager. So um, it has already been made known that uh, how Kevin Colbert will remain with the Steelers throughout the draft, but what will the process look like to bring in the new GM. And this is team president Art Rooney II saying, quote, Kevin will fill his normal role through this year's draft. I don't see it as something critical that we have somebody on board before the draft, even though we'll be doing some interviews prior to the draft, but more than likely we'll fill the position after the draft. So a kind of an odd transition here that's taking place with the Steelers and uh, they're not naming a new general manager before the draft. Hmm. Interesting strategy there by the Steelers and one that's uh, one that's, I don't know, makes you, makes you raise your eyebrows a little bit. Let's go to the Baltimore Ravens and the Baltimore Ravens here also are undergoing a lot of staff changes. This is from Ryan Mink on BaltimoreRavens.com. Bills will interview T. Martin for offensive coordinator. Uh, the Bills have an opening after Brian Dable was head, uh, hired to be the head coach of the New York Giants. More on that in a second. But they uh, are looking to um, interview. The Bills have requested to interview Ravens wide receivers coach T. Martin, head coach John Harbaugh, said on Monday. In his first year as an NFL coach, Martin helped improve the Ravens wide receivers, a position group that has been under much scrutiny for years. Martin was also a guy that had some ups and downs as the USC offensive coordinator recently, um, credited with you know some progress seen early on with, uh, I believe it was Keaton Slovis and others and you know moved on and now became the Ravens wide receivers coach but a guy who had a had an excellent college career himself at Tennessee but a guy who has been recently widely regarded as a as a solid offensive mind as a coach so we'll see what happens here but right now the Buffalo Bills have requested to interview Ravens wide receivers coach T Martin and we will see what what happens there now this is from Clifton Brown on This is from Clifton Brown on BaltimoreRavens.com as well. 
Um, Ravens name Mike McDonald, defensive coordinator. And this is amid so many different changes. They are welcoming back Mike McDonald as their new defensive coordinator. McDonald spent seven seasons under head coach John Harbaugh on the defensive staff. He's a very young guy, makes me feel old. He's 34 years old as a defensive coordinator. Um, and yeah, head coach John Harbaugh said, Mike is one of us, a Raven through and through. He was the University of Michigan's defensive coordinator last season and now is the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. So um, Michigan had an outstanding year on defense. They, they had a, you know, a really strong pass rush, obviously, et cetera. So Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson and whatnot. Um, so he comes in and tries to rejuvenate this um, this Ravens defense that has suffered a lot of injuries and a lot of different issues going forward uh, or this last year. So going forward, they've got a lot of things to iron out. They got to figure out things in the secondary. Obviously, getting a lot of people back will help, but. You know, it's stuff to – they've got a lot of stuff to iron out. Um, I did see, by the way, who was it that said this in here? Keeper Slim saying the MVP voting is done. Um, of course, this kind of stuff happens when we are live on the air, so we may be getting some word on how that ends up in the very near future. The MVP voting in the league is done, though. As you know, Joe Burrow um, did get the Pro Football Writers of America – comeback player of the year award. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know he hasn't been talked about paid in fool. Uh, I like that name, by the way, pretty funny uh, chase at MVP. I, I don't, I don't know that he's in the race, but uh, really it should kind of come down to a few. I think you got Brady in the mix. You got Rogers in the mix. I think Burrow should be in the mix, um, but we'll see what happens there. If he gets slighted by some of these others that are in there. Uh, maybe even Jonathan Taylor for what what he meant to his team this year. We'll see, but um, uh, some some good options, and we'll wait to hear what happens with the voting there. Well, it's an end of an era officially. Moving on to general NFL news, Tom Brady, the goat, officially announces his retirement from the NFL after 22 seasons. Adam Schefter. And I believe it was Ian Rappaport, maybe someone else had reported that he was going to retire late last week. He said he wanted to announce when, if and when he's going to retire. And he did so on his social media platforms. Um, This is on his Instagram quote, done a lot of reflecting the past week and have asked myself difficult questions. I'm so proud of what we have achieved. My teammates, coaches, fellow competitors, and fans deserve 100% of me. But right now, it's best I leave the field of play to the next generation of dedicated and committed athletes. To my Bucks teammates over the past two years, I love you guys. I've loved going to battle with you. You have dug so deep to challenge yourself and inspired me to wake up every day and give you my best. Um, I'm always here for you guys. I want to see you continue to push yourselves to be your best. I couldn't be happier with what we accomplished together. I believe Tampa Bay drafted Florida quarterback Kyle Trask last year, if I'm not mistaken. So he might be in the mix in terms of all of that. Maybe they draft another player again. But as of now, Tampa Bay looking for a a new quarterback and uh, we'll 
we'll see exactly what direction they go. But Tom Brady calling it a career, a sad day for a lot of folks because he meant so much to the league, so much of the game. But now, you know, much like when he and Rodgers and Ben and Eli and all those guys kind of ran the league, the championships ran through them. You're hoping that it's now Burrow and Mahomes and Stafford and Lamar and, you know, all of these great Josh Allen, all of these great young quarterbacks that we see primarily in the AFC. You're hoping that that's now the case and that Burrow and the Bengals are building something very special where they are a regular in it. And it seems like that's what's going to happen. So that's a real, wow. That's a really good point right here. Unknown zero, zero, zero Watson. Maybe we'll see what happens there. Obviously a lot to play out there. That could be a really, um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, to see what happens on that one. Uh, Mayfield the box. I see that. That's, that's funny. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Tua, that's another one. We'll see. We'll see if Tua gets in that mix there. Speaking a little bit more about the chiefs, and offensive line, I know the Bengals and offensive line players are in the mix for free agency. We're not looking to free agency yet because the Bengals are playing football in February. Uh, Chiefs GM Brett Veach says he expects Orlando Brown Jr. to be their left tackle moving forward. Brown is a free agent. That would mean a new deal. So a lot of Bengals fans are potentially maybe thinking about Orlando Brown being a, a right tackle. He has made it known, and that's part of the reason why he was dealt to the Chiefs, that he wants to be a left tackle. So if he's going to be a Bengal, there's a lot to work out there, but the Chiefs really want to keep him long-term and see what happens there, Orlando Brown Jr. Let's go to some news about the 49ers and more quarterback uncertainty. So, I mean, I'm seeing you guys bring up a lot of names about Rodgers to Tampa. Well, here's another guy to keep an eye on, Jimmy G. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo looks towards his future, says 49ers are working with him to find the right destination. Um, and so, quote, there's a lot of good options out there. Shannon said via the Athletics, David Lombardi, a lot of cards are on the table. Um, there still, he said that, uh, the 49ers head coach Shanahan told reporters Tuesday, there's still a chance Garoppolo returns to San Francisco in 22, even with Trey Lance on the roster quote. If we knew exactly what was happening, we would have told Jimmy. So go to NFL.com to check out that story that is developing for Jimmy Garoppolo. And quite honestly, news about Rogers, Jimmy G. All right. This is a really cool article. I will definitely pin this one in the live chats. Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 in terms of NFL draft prospects. Oh, and Jeremiah kind of being one of the preeminent draft voices. Obviously, I I, I still love me some Mel Kuyper. Um, there, there are a number of others out there, some great, great draft analysts out there. Dan Jeremiah taking the mantle from Mike Mayock, who left to be the Raiders GM since he's been fired this offseason. But Jeremiah now taking the mantle of the NFL Network as their draft expert and doing a great job over there. And so he's got his top 50. He's got Aiden Hutchinson, his number one prospect. And that sort of is a consensus right now. Some believe that there are, are others, but his production really in his growth over his career at Michigan has shown a lot. Uh, he's got a tackle Ikem Ikwanu from North Carolina state. 
got Evan Neal up there, who is the tackle from Alabama. He's got the really athletic, great safety, Kyle Hamilton, out of um, out of Notre Dame at four. Look who's number five. He's got Sauce, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the Cincinnati corner, as his number five player right now in the draft. And he's got a guy I absolutely love in Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge defender in Oregon. Um, guy is really, really good. Uh, he's got him all the way at sixth. Nicobe Dean, who has shot up boards with Georgia's championship run at seven. Devin Lloyd, a linebacker out of Utah. Garrett Wilson, the Ohio State wide receiver. And Drake London, USC wide receiver at 10. Really like Drake London. He is huge. He's got good hands and he can move 6'5, 210. Um, obviously, the Bengals don't need a wide receiver if we're talking about them, but uh, I did see a lot of Drake London. Unfortunately, he was a Bolitnikoff finalist even after being hurt and not finishing the season. I think he broke his ankle. Um, really, really, really good player there, but a lot of interesting and good good names, big names. Nicobe Dean's really good player. Thibodeau's a good player. Obviously, Sauce, all these guys are good players. Go check out the top 50 from Daniel Jeremiah on NFL Network. That is pinned in the lots there. Uh, um, anytime you bring up, unfortunately, uh, there's a little bit of a stigma when you bring this website up, TMZ. Um, so this is TMZ Sports and some kind of jarring headlines here from the NFL, Brian Flores, who was shockingly fired from the Dolphins. I mean, they got off to a really poor start, but he had them roaring back at the end of the year to be kind of in the playoff race, got fired by the Dolphins, was in the mix, I, I guess was told that he was on the very, very short list of the guys who was going to get the Giants head coaching job. Now he is serving um, a, a lawsuit. He's, he's having a lawsuit against um, the Giants and the NFL, uh, alleging the team's hiring practices were rooted in racism, and he claims a text from Bill Belichick proves it. And Bill Belichick, his former uh, the former head coach that he worked under for a, a while here. So a lot to come here um uh, in this one this uh, you know i don't i don't know how this is going to end here but here's kind of the one of the cruxes of this thing flores said he received a text from his former boss and patriots head coach days before he interviewed with the giants during the conversation flores says bill belichick congratulated him congratulated him on landing the new gig um Brian Flores was confused by the comment because he had yet to go in for his scheduled inter interview and asked Bill if he had an inside track to their decision. Um, so Belichick admits he misread the information, tells Flores it was actually a different Brian, Brian Dable, who got the Giants job. So crossed wires and all kinds of different stuff in terms of communication, that is... Not a good situation. We'll see exactly how this is handled here. So um, at any rate, Brian Flores serving a lawsuit to the NFL and the Giants, believing that that job was his. And, um, you know, not a, not a good situation for uh, the, the team, the, the Giants in the league there in that situation. So um, we'll see how that plays out. But that came across the wire a little bit before we – took the air 
And finally, from CBS Sports, five early prediction, bold predictions in the Super Bowl from Jordan Dijani. I won't go through all of them, but guess what? Aaron Donald is part of one for tying an NFL record. Um, he's talking about Kendall Blanton scoring the first touchdown of the game. He's got all kinds of different um, wacky ones. And, you know, they are Aaron Donald's tied, tied Super Bowl record. They are, um, oh, look at number five. Look at that one. He's got he's got the Bengals winning. So I was just about to say he's got all these Rams predictions. Where's the Bengals stuff? He's got the Bengals winning the Super Bowl, first Super Bowl in franchise history. So go check that out. You got to go read that and give that some clicks, especially, especially when he's got the Bengals winning the Super Bowl there. At any rate, let's get on out of here. Remind all of you that you got to keep it to cincyjungle.com for all your news, opinions, analysis. Everything about the Cincinnati Bengals as they head to Super Bowl 56. Part of that coverage is going to be our podcast channel. This show, the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Orange is the new black for Mason Zim. And of course, Coach Speak and Chalk Talk from the coach, Matt Minnick. All of that is on your favorite audio streamer, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of the major ones, we are there. Go check it out. Subscribe. Leave us a review if you can. Eat up the Bengals content if you would. And if you like the video stuff, you can subscribe. Click that icon down at the bottom there. Subscribe. Click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. Give us a thumbs up and uh, spread the word about what we're doing because it's going to be a big, big couple of weeks for the Bengals, for the NFL and for the city of Los Angeles. So we're going to have fun with it. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow with a big, big show. Myself and John Sheeran bringing you all kinds of different analysis, fun stuff. So don't want to miss that. And, of course, our ongoing coverage of the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Take care. Have a great rest of your week. Mm-hmm.